Well, hallelujah. Good word this morning. Good word this morning. Thank you, team. Praise the Lord. Lovely presence. Lovely uh, presence. And what we understand is if we pray and we keep praying, we find ourselves in his presence. And when we're in his presence, we can experience his power. Amen. To lift things off us, you know, to set us free, that we might be those people that walk around in such freedom, you know, that people wonder what it is about us that's so different. Amen. That's what we're called to, to go out and witness to the power of God in our lives. And, you know, just hang on to that. If that really touched your heart this morning, there's something that's just stirring in you. Hang in there. Hang in there because I believe God wants to de- yoke destroying Burden-removing anointing is here today. And just let it sit on you and, and just, you know, you feel just get lighter and lighter. And if you're still not light enough, later on we can have some prayer down the front as well. Just lay hands on you and just see that breakthrough anointing works just like that. Amen? Amen. Some people have been carrying some stuff for a long time. Carrying stuff for too long, actually, when they shouldn't be. God wants to set you free. Sometimes, and we'll be talking a little bit about this. You know, we're just starting a new series. We'll be talking a little bit about how the enemy gets that into people's lives to the point where they kind of put up with it. We need to know how that happens and, and how to get free of it. Amen? A little bit of teaching in the Word just helps us to, I believe, to push back against it because we know the truth in our hearts. We know that what we're experiencing is not what God wants for us. Amen? So it's the Word and the Spirit that God wants us to be aware of. Hallelujah. Just speaking there, uh, thanks Pastor Jess for that word. Just again, uh, appreciating uh, being able to go away last week and Pastor Jess, I, I believe, brought some great truths to grow by last week. Our identity in Christ. What a great message to get a hold of. Knowing who you are in him. It's uh, identification. It's truth about our newfound identity in Christ Jesus. And the Bible's chock-a-block full of those truths for us to get a hold of. Tuck in our hearts and live our lives through the week. Lift it up, not weighed down. Amen? You know, our identity in Christ, knowing who you are in him, is truth that sets you free. Truth that sets you free. You know, we were taught back in Bible college that a key truth that God's people need to know is, just in case you're taking notes this morning, I actually, May 1st is a very special date for me. May 1st, which is today, it's May 1st today. I'm 39 years old as a Christian. Today is the anniversary. 39 years old. It's really funny, hey, because, um, you know, I talk often about my testament, how I got saved and that. I um, often share about that, but 39 years since I actually went through that um, baptism tank, and actually in the baptism tank was where we said the prayer of salvation. At 39 years of age as a Christian. I remember in those early days, I remember a guy getting up on the stage and giving a testimony. This is when I was a fairly new believer, and he was, he'd been a Christian for eight years. And we we're all sitting there, all my friends and I sitting in the row going, eight years? What? You know, he thought eight years was a long time. But 39 years as a, as a born again, Believer who knows God comes and lives in your life and actually becomes a part of you. And uh, I tell you, that's an exciting, exciting milestone. And I'm going to chuck a party next year for my 40th. Okay. So, and you're all invited, by the way. So just let you know. 
Uh, hasn't he been faithful? Amen. That's what we can talk about is the faithfulness of God. We've sung about it. And we need to continue to worship him in regard to that. Praise the Lord. Well, uh, again, uh, those truths that are, are key truths for new believers, for people who are going on in God is this, who God is. We need to know who God is. We need to know, and people, God's people need to know who they are in Christ. And thirdly, who the enemy is. Great, just a, a, a simple, get those truths down. You know, and as you're looking at information, looking at books, you know, up on the back, you know, for sale or in the books in the, in the lending library there, Understand those are foundational things that you can tuck in your heart and live your life with. You know, last Sunday's message was very much about the second truth, wasn't it? Who we are in Christ. Identification. Actually learning to identify ourselves as new, a new people in Christ Jesus. And as biblical truth about our identity is so important. Make sure you go to the VLB website, download the message. If you, you miss messages, don't forget that you can go to the website and you can download last week's message. Usually it goes up fairly quickly. Sometimes it might be the day after, but just be patient. It will get up there and you'll be able to download that, particularly if you miss a service. So, But last Sunday's message was very much about that. Just talking about a couple of days there in Perth and I got to speak in the Bible College, which was a blessing. Great little group of students in there. Excellent time in the Lord. The first, and also got to catch up with Pastor Margaret over a meal, which was nice to um, uh, see what she's up to, what she's getting on her heart. They're going into 24-7 prayer. That prayer tower is not just a monument. That thing's going to be used to move some things some shifts, some things. 24-7 prayer is where they're going and they're setting it up. Some of it's going to be run by Zoom. So we're looking at how we can kind of connect with that and be praying the same way, just praying out over the city. And I know Pastor Margaret has been raised up for such a time as this and her heart for prayer. It's an interesting thing, and I'll say this, is that it doesn't necessarily make you the biggest church. Don't be caught out by going on size. Some say big is beautiful, and small is suspicious. I've heard people say that, but don't listen to that. Big is not necessarily beautiful. We have to be about God's business. That's what's beautiful. You know, we have to be about what he's doing in this day and age. He's raising up a church that will pray. He's raising up a church that know how to connect with his heart and pray the will of heaven down on earth. And, you know, we need to be more and more about prayer and warfare. I'm going to sort of step into a little bit about that today. Strangely enough, there were two Anzac Day messages last Sunday at their church, and Brigadier Jim Wallace, who was the founder of ACL, Australian Christian Lobby, he's the founder and still the chairman, actually. Some of you only know Martin Isles, the CEO, but the speaker in last two services was Brigadier Jim Wallace, and he was the uh, uh, commander of the SAS in Perth. Of course, great guy, great speaker, great Christian man. If, if you get an opportunity to uh, uh, go on their website and download his message from the 1030 service, you will be blessed. Very, very good, interesting message for our time and our season. And I just say this, if, you're in, if you get a chance to get down to Perth and you want to find a church to go to, go to Victory Life Centre. So they've got stuff going on every weekend, which is just such a blessing. So, um, so praise the Lord. Why don't we pray just a a, short, a fairly short message this morning, and I, I just want to press into to our new series um, that I believe is very important at this time. So let's pray. Father, we, we do thank you, Lord, as we come around your word, Lord, that we, we're attentive, Lord, that we give our heart to it, Father, Lord, to receive it into our hearts, Lord God. And, and Lord, we thank you that um, 
Lord, your truth, Father God, in our hearts is powerful. Lord, particularly when we, we take it and begin to speak it, particularly when we take it and begin to meditate on it, begin to allow it just to um, be processed into our lives, Lord God, that we walk in the spiritual goodness of it, Father God, as we consume it, Lord. So, Lord, we uh, open our hearts today, Lord God, ready to receive. Lord, we engage ourselves in what it is that you're wanting to do in our lives through your word in Jesus' precious name. And everybody said amen. Amen. So if you can remember rightly, our last series, we established that needful understanding that our service in the Lord is a wartime service. It's worth noting that we're into it, that third essential area that's, that's mentioned there, who the enemy is, and just understanding a little bit more about that, our active participation, our active participation, of course, in the, in the kingdom of God brings us into an awareness of uh, spiritual warfare, something that goes on around us. It's something that we are, need to appreciate. It's not a physical warfare. That's the first thing you need to know. This is spiritual. It's not physical. In his first Pentecostal sermon on the day of Pentecost, Peter, the Apostle Peter, declares for us all that God the Father said to the resurrected Lord Jesus, Sit here at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. Now that was the start of the church age. First sermon. We're going to make your enemies your footstool. And how's, how's the Lord doing that in the earth today? Through the church. Through us. Making his enemies his footstool. And Jesus is sat there where he ever lives. Now this is key. Jesus is sat there at the right-hand side of the Father where he ever lives, the Bible says, to make intercession for us. Great key word. He will do his part, but we need to do our part. And, of course, with the right heart, with the right heart, a sensitive heart, a heart that's willing and ready to receive from him. In our last series, The Prayerful Church, we took the time to appreciate that our prayer potential has its enemies. And we looked at those, remember? And we all should be active in overcoming those enemies. Remember what they were? They were the flesh, the world, and the devil. These are the enemies to our proactive prayer life. We have to see that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. I keep coming back to that because sometimes we can think it's a physical fight when it's not a physical fight, it's a spiritual fight that we're called to. The Lord will never leave you, never lead you into a carnal way of fulfilling his purposes. Never lead you in that way. He will never give you a task or an assignment that requires you to be deliberately carnal. He will not anoint that. He cannot bless that. And the Holy Spirit will never validate that. Okay, so what does that mean? Our battles in the kingdom are always not by might, nor by power, not one through the flesh, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And we, we start to then recognise that there's spiritual weapons that we have to come to an understanding of. We have to understand that. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 3 to 4 says this, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God, for pulling down strongholds. In this series, what we're looking at 
his strongholds are. Well, we're looking to see what they are. And we will see, not necessarily today, but we'll see how strongholds are formed by the enemy. It's his access point. If we allow it, you say, oh, I don't believe that Christians can be possessed. Well, nor do I. But I tell you what, I believe that Christians can be oppressed by the enemy and he gets access, he gets little inroads and when he does, he's got a whole range of little buttons he can push. I'm going to push that button today. Oh, I'm going to push that button today. These are little inroads, little strongholds that the enemy has built up in our lives and we need to know where they are because we need to break and tear down those strongholds and not allow him to have that access. You know, the Lord takes the necessary time to develop our, our capacity to fight in the spirit. Not just in our own lives, but also in our families, uh, for the extension of God's kingdom, to see God's will in heaven being done on earth. That's so very important. How does the Lord develop our capacity for battle? Certainly through revelation knowledge. Certainly. Revelation knowledge is the first step in being able to bind and loose. If you've done some binding and loosing in your life, it's because the Lord gave you revelation and uh, knowledge of what needed to be bound and what needed to be loosed. A divine insight that God shows us on how to pray. That's binding and loosing. That's what it's for. Binding and loosing is about binding what the devil is doing and loosing the person that he happens to be working through. Loosing them from that hold, from that stronghold. And we'll get into that and get a greater understanding. You know, caught up in the devil's deception is, uh, is where loosing comes in, you know, where we loose someone out of that, you know, the hold of that, what the enemy is doing. And in developing our capacity, there are also trials and tribulations which come along, things we go through that teach us God's way is the best way, that our thoughts are not his thoughts. And the Lord is long-suffering with us while we develop confidence in those areas and we've all been there where we kicked ourselves because we should have pressed in harder and prayed not got out and hide that you but listened and prayed and said Lord what shall I do what's the problem oh the fuel's off okay <laughs> but you know when you got saved and tucked that white little bible under your under your arm how many of you know that as a brand new believer you weren't ready for spiritual warfare how many know that? Just not ready yet. And that's okay because the Lord knows that. The need for training is not a new thing. It's true in the body of Christ as well. It's actually an old thing. And I'll show you an old thing. Out of Exodus, people coming out of the land of Israel, out of the land of bondage, and it says in verse 17, and that it came to pass when Pharaoh had let the people go, that God did not lead them by the way of the Philistines, although that was near, for God said, lest perhaps the people change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. So God led the people around by the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea and the children of Israel went up in orderly ranks out of the land of Egypt. For the people of Israel coming up out of the land of Egypt, the fast track to the promised land was straight into battle with the Philistines. And God said, God says in his word, they weren't ready for that battle. They weren't ready for the fight. And he said, lest they turn around and see the battle and say, that's it, let's go back to Egypt. It wasn't the first time that was a problem. There was a few times. He said, let's appoint a leader and go back to the old way. And some Christians have found that way as well. 
and ended up going backwards and had to come back to the, to the Lord's purposes and plans. For the people of Israel, it was so important for them to, get, to gain training and develop their competency for battle and warfare. So the Lord takes them into a season of training and, you know, learning the basics. Even when the people of Israel do get a chance to see the promised land, they're still not capable of taking what's available to them by faith. So, of course, the Lord takes them into another period and season of training, 40 years in the wilderness, because they couldn't see that they could take what belonged to them by faith. Teaching that you hear a lot here in, here in um, Victory Life Broome about taking what belongs to us by faith, taking what is ours rightfully and just standing in faith until we see the fulfilment of it. Of course, a um, great example of that, of course, is uh, those faith heroes, Caleb and, and Joshua, who stood for 40 years. I love that bit. Joshua gets the gig as the leader of uh, Israel after 40 years. He's going to take them into the promised land. And Caleb walks up and says, give me the mountain with the giants on it. He's ready. He'd been waiting for 40 years. He, just, he wanted to go straight into the promised land because he believed. He believed that if God's for me, who could be against me? Certainly no giant on a mountain. That's my mountain and I'm going to go and take it. You know, we need to have that fire in us, don't we? We need to have that kind of faith in us like Caleb and Joshua, ready to go in and take it. See, we all go into a season of training. Some take longer than others to realise that we're in the army now. <laughs> Spiritual warfare is how we gain the victory over the flesh, the world, and the devil. And of course, we learn to be word people. We learn to be those people who find our nurture in the word, spiritually. Those that know that what the Lord has said, we need to be saying the same thing. And that that's key. You know what God says, we need to say as well. And we have no better example than Jesus as one called to spiritual warfare. It seems that while Jesus is still dripping from John's, John's baptism and the Holy Spirit baptism, he's led straight away by the Spirit of God into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. You can read it for yourself there. Look what it says. Matthew chapter 4, verse 1 to 4, it says, And Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Verse 2, and when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterward he was hungry. But when the tempter came to him, he said, if you are the son of God, command that these stones become bread. Verse 4, but he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And of course, you know, the enemy, the devil, tempted him in a couple of other areas. And each time he spoke the word, each time he said what the word said. And if Jesus did that in the midst and in the face of the enemy, aren't we going to have to do it too? I believe so. You know, I'm convinced that Jesus was led up into the, into the wilderness by the Spirit of God, not because Jesus needed to learn anything, but that the devil needed a lesson to know that anyone saying and praying the word of God is someone you need to back off from. I believe that's what was ushered in at that time. That's what setting the scene for this year, this age that we're living in right now, the church age. Jesus came to introduce a new breed into the earth, you know, sons and daughters who are going to pray from connected hearts and are going to be found saying what God says. And the devil was on notice from that moment on. This is a new season, a new time. And God's people rise up speaking God's word, saying what he says. 
you know, speaking the promises of God. James 4, 7 tells us to submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. There's the key. We all need to speak the word of God. That is where our submission to God is expressed, when we submit to God and his word and begin to speak it. You see, we all have access to our battle dress and our battle weapons. Battle training is about knowing your enemy and knowing what your battle equipment can do. You'll never pull down a stronghold unless you dress for battle and use your God-given weapons because the weapons of your warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the, what? Pulling down of strongholds. So we have to step up. We have to learn what our battle dress is, learn and have an understanding of those truths that are represented by those battle dress items. And of course, our weapons that we're to use. Look what it says. And you know, I'm not obviously going in through any new ground here. These are things that we should know and understand. It says in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10, Finally, my brethren, here's the Apostle Paul telling the Ephesians church way back then, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of your might. No, it doesn't say that, does it? In the power of his might. See, we go to battle with his might, his equipment. His battle dress. Look what it says. Put on the whole armour of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And that's a very interesting word. That word wiles is translated as tactics. It's actually a Greek word, methodia. Methodia. The root word, obviously, is the English word method. That you might be able to stand against the methods of the devil. And it goes on, it says properly, it means predictable, preset method used in organised, evil doing and well-crafted trickery. Wow, that's what that word means. The wiles of the devil. Because so often the battle we face, the personal conflicts, the opposition we encounter in our lives is spiritual in nature. They are wiles, they are methods, the devil, the tactics which are set Organised evil doing, well-crafted trickery designed by the enemy to distract us or bring us into a place of defeat. Where we just say, what's the use? What's the use? It's too hard. And the enemy loves that because the minute we get to that place, we're not going to be a people of faith. We're not going to be confident in our expectation. We're not going to be speaking the word and believing to see it come to pass. That's what happens. So the enemy, what's he after? Your faith. He's after your expectation. What you're expecting. The good that comes from standing on his word. Now, I'm not trying to scare anyone today, but I'm rather trying to prepare everyone today. Get ready. This is the battle we're called to. And then it goes on in Ephesians 6 verse 12. It says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Why does it say we do not wrestle against flesh and blood? Because usually that's where many Christians get stuck, in the flesh, thinking that some person is against them, persecuting them, or biased against them. That's where we get stuck, isn't it, sometimes? Get stuck in that place. 
when in actual fact, it's the works of darkness building a stronghold of fear. Access point. And of course, the basics to spiritual warfare is if we have an enemy, what do we do? We love them. We pray for them. That's the new commandment that Jesus gave us. Actually, that's a, that's a spiritual weapon, is to walk in love when we face enemies. Amen. Oh, very quiet now. But this is important because if we do battle in the flesh against others and their flesh, we don't get to see the victory. Victory doesn't come from doing battle in the flesh against flesh. It does not work. We don't get to see the victory. We don't get to overcome. Life becomes this constant battle against flesh and blood. And worst of all, it opens the door for the devil to take ground. We're going to look at that as well in this series. We have to see that it is a devil that nearly always is behind conflicts that we face. And that our best approach is to get dressed for battle and use our spiritual weapons to come. And, uh, and be those overcomers God's called us to be. The scripture says our battle is against a demonic hierarchy consisting of principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, spiritual wickedness in high places. These are, it's a hierarchy of the enemy, how they operate, how they function. All of these demonic levels are behind the pursuits of the kingdom of darkness. Every single one of them. And the church is called to do battle with them. That's a prayer thing. So, so glad when I go. When I, I've been down there twice now, or twice now, and, um, and gone up the lift in that prayer tower. And every level there's places to pray. Every level there's places that, you know, people are called to go in and pray. It's not a monument at all. It's a place for, for God's uh, people to be speaking God's word out over across that city. It's a miracle just in itself the way that the Lord did that. But if you're down there and you can visit Victory Life Centre and see that prayer tower, wow, what a blessing. Look what it says. I'm just going to um, uh, get close to finishing. It says in verse 17, Wherefore, take unto you the whole armour of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. When's the evil day? Anytime you're facing conflict. That's the truth. And having done all to stand... Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. We must remember that we're not alone in our spiritual battle. Jesus is interceding for us. And expecting that his enemies will be made his footstool. And we'll have a part to play. We all need to have that heart to pray. Because that is our part to play. Sorry, a little bit of, little bit of a connection there with the words there. But that is God's call to us. To have that heart to pray. I remember a short while ago, Pastor Jess shared a, a verse for communion. I think a few weeks back down. Honestly, it went off, went off in me like a bomb. And I was reminded again as I was just going through and just looking again, what's the key here is knowing that the heart of God, the heart of our Lord Jesus Christ sat at the right-hand side of the Father is that he ever lives to make intercession for us. He's there to pray for us. We're not in the battle alone. We don't go in there, you're just in our lonesome, holding, 
unshakably, our sword of the spirit now. We're to go in there with boldness because we are equipped. And I remember Pastor Jess shared this verse and, and I'm reminded again, our best example of overcoming the attacks of the enemy are being in the company of those or being in the company of those who are under attack from the workers of darkness. Our best example is Jesus. Amen. Our best example is him. And in Luke chapter 22 and verse 31 to 32, it says this, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift each of you like wheat. But I have prayed for you. And that's the key. You might want to underline that in your Bible. But I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith will not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. And the Lord says to him, you're going to deny me three times. Gives him a prophetic word about what's going to happen. But he gets this word. He says, I'm praying for you. That's the message for the church today is it doesn't matter what you're facing. It doesn't matter how you might be feeling. The Lord is praying for you. He sat at the right-hand side of the Father where he ever lives to make intercession for us. You're never alone. He's always with you. And he wants you to do battle. He wants you to be equipped. He wants you to be dressed and ready for battle. And that talks about a prayer life. That talks about having a willingness to start swinging your sword. That sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Start swinging it, particularly being the sword of the Spirit, which speaks of accuracy, what he's actually saying. The words that he gives us so often are not just to give us goosebumps. Amen? The words that he gives us are so often is so we can pull that sheaf out and start swinging. Start speaking what he's saying. Amen? We're called to it. The encouragement for Simon Peter was that when he had overcome his own weaknesses, his own flesh, he would be back busy strengthening those who are subject to the same attacks. When we overcome an attack from the enemy, we are so much better off to be able to help others who go through similar attacks, experiencing that, those, those are battles in the Lord. And the Lord has regenerated each and every single one of us to be that big, Amen? To be that big. Let's, um, let's uh, why don't we all stand uh, this morning and we'll pray. And I'm going to ask the worship team to come on back and just going to make some room for the Holy Ghost just to have a little move and ministry in, in hearts today if, uh, as they have need. So let's just, um, just set our hearts and, and ready. Father, we thank you for today. Lord, we thank you for, Lord, your word and, and Lord, even now the presence of your spirit, Lord. And Lord, we thank you that there's truths there that we can tuck into our hearts and, and even make adjustments in our lives by, Father. Lord, that we press into your word to find out what those truths are regarding battle dress, regarding the weaponry, Lord God, that you've established in our lives, or that we might be active believers in your kingdom, Father God, taking ground for you, not giving up ground to the enemy, Lord. Lord, we want to be that people, Father, that are taking ground for your kingdom. So, Lord, we pray that you continue to lead us and guide us by your spirit. Help us, Father God, into the truths that will make us those effective believers. Lord, in this time and in this season, Father, of the church age, that we might be those people prayerful about the extension of your kingdom, Lord, and seeing lives change forever, Father. Lord, we pray these things today in Jesus' name. And, Lord, thank you that your spirit is here to confirm them, Father, to us. Father, as we... 
as we go from here today, Lord God. We just pray for those that may be with us, Lord, that still don't yet have a close relationship with you, Lord God, a heartfelt relationship with you, Lord. Lord, we pray, Father God, that there just be that opportunity today, Lord God, to make that wonderful introduction with you, Lord. Lord, that they might have a life that's um, abundant, better, Father God, that's just on that spiritual level, Father, not just now, but forever and ever, Lord. We pray in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen. And